1: prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. ESPN put out a list of future rankings. This is something that they do uh, every year uh, to try and figure out, okay, these were, this is where teams are right now. This is where they're going and who is best positioned to succeed into the future. And it's always a fascinating set of exercises because built into it, you have these evaluations about young talent and about coaching ability and about um, front office ability. And I think that's something that is particularly of use for us as we try and project this team forward because of specifically because of the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers and his future. How much longer is he going to be a member of the Green Bay Packers? So here's how they saw, and they have a panel of the, you know their experts. They saw the Packers, minus the quarterback, the outlay into the next few years, as the third best roster in football. Pretty good. Pretty good, right? Third best roster in football. That means this team is full of talent outside of what Aaron Rodgers brings. And I know that that will come as a shock to some people, Adam Schefter, and, and there will be plenty of of. Fans usually of opposing teams, Chicago, that think that this team isn't very good. And there are plenty of, of cynical Packer fans who are right there with, yeah, well, no, Rodgers is lifting this team up well beyond what their talent says they should be. And, you know, they'd be a four or five win team without him. No, it's just not true. Now, that part of it is is not as interesting to me because I I think we knew that. I really do. I think I, I think if you're a pragmatic fan or analyst or you, you're offering something close to objective analysis, you're going looking at this roster going, yeah, it's really good. We've talked about it a lot over the course of the offseason. It's a very good roster. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, it's one of the reasons why I keep going back to there is no better place for him to go back and try and win a Super Bowl this season than in Green Bay. Now, their outlook for the quarterback position They have 16th, which is interesting, right? Because that builds in the idea of Jordan Love. Because Aaron Rodgers, even if he plays in 2021, the chances of him being the quarterback in 2022, 2023, pretty low. But Jordan Love is a complete unknown we're going to spend some time tomorrow talking about the quarterback position and the room and how this could all shake out. We're going to we're going to start a series of of position by position evaluations heading into training camp where we look at each position and go, "Okay, this is where the Packers stand. This is what the battles look like. Here's who's fighting for spots and here's who we are expecting to be the guys who make the roster." And and as a result, I will be giving you my room by room Um, projections on who is going to make this team 16th honestly it seems about right to me given the volatility of the Jordan Love question so even if you get top three quarterback play in 2021 and then you move on from Aaron Rodgers now if if you get top three quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers if he's an MVP again it's going to be really hard for the team to say yeah we'll just move on but the die might be cast it may just be Okay, okay Rodgers is going to go even more nuclear than he has already gone. He is going to go full. I want out. And they'll have to move on from him. And, and at that point, Jordan Love takes over. If they win the Super Bowl, he's going to stay. If he wins the MVP again, he's going to stay, presumably. And, and maybe maybe those things happen. We'll see. But if we just, for the sake of this construct... Let's just assume it's Jordan Love. So you get one year of top-level quarterback play. It's hard to assume Jordan Love is going to be great right away, even good right away. First-year starters tend not to be. Guys like Patrick Mahomes, who are good right away, they're outliers. We knew when Jordan Love was drafted that he was going to take some time. Now, if he doesn't start until 2022, he will have that time two years but it's really more like a year a year and a half you know he gets credit for the 2020 season but it's not it's not a full season in any other circumstance so he can't get the full credit for that season but it it is still time in the NFL it is still time with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur in this system with the guys on this team it's probably unreasonable to project them in let's say the top 10 just because you're still going to have Mahomes you're still going to have Wilson you're still going to have you know who knows what the situation is with Tom Brady but he doesn't look like he's slowing down um Aaron Rodgers if you trade him is going to be somewhere else and you're probably not going to, you know, fight your way into that echelon of players if you're Jordan Love. There's still the Dak Prescotts and the the Matt Staffords and Derek Carrs and Baker Mayfields and there's the Kirk Cousins. There's this whole middle class of of guys. And it's like, well, is Jordan Love going to be that guy right away? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. 16th to me says, okay, you get one year of Aaron Rodgers and two, three years of, You know, the 20th, 21st, 23rd best quarterback in the league. That seems reasonable. And by the way, you know, if Jordan Love is the 23rd best quarterback in the league next year, if he's the starter, and and you get to mix that with the third best roster in the league, the Rams went to the Super Bowl with a similar situation. The 49ers went to the Super Bowl with a similar situation. And guess what? They have in common the offense. The offense is the common denominator, the outside zone, Shanahan tree, play action, heavy scheme that makes life easy on the quarterback. That is what Green Bay has going for it. Now, these other questions, they have coaching coming in at 13. And I think that's a reasonable number because we can't just look at offense. We can't just look at offense. They have the Seahawks at 12, for example, and that feels about right. You know, like they're, they're right in that range where P Carroll, I still think is a, a quality motivator. I still think that, that he can be a good, um, developmental coach. We know he coaches cornerbacks extremely well and, has in the past at least gotten, you know, stuff from from corners in particular, but defensive players who did not go on to success elsewhere. But offensively, we have no idea what Shane Waldron is going to be. The Packers are in a similar situation. Matt LaFleur is an excellent offensive coach. I think he's one of the five best offensive coaches that we have. And Nathaniel Hackett is slowly becoming one of the most respected offensive coaches that we have. Uh, particularly behind someone like Matt LaFleur, non-head coach division, as evidenced by the fact that he was getting head coaching um, interest last offseason. We just don't know what to do with Joe Barry. And, you know, it's okay. Jerry Gray, very established, respected defensive backs coach. Mike Smith is um, a, a very good outside linebackers coach. Jerry Montgomery is a very good defensive line coach. But we haven't seen that translate on the field as consistently as the talent suggests that it should. So I think there are reasons to have questions about the coaching, especially on the defense. I think overall, they got it right on this. It is an above average coaching staff because Matt LaFleur pulls them up so far. He is the standout. With Hackett and then some of the defensive position coaches, you know, I think, you know, what they're able to do on the offensive line with Adam Stenovich has been excellent. Uh, but beyond that, you know, it's some, some, some quality coaches and some real question marks. I mean, the Joe Barry question is the question to me outside of the Aaron Rodgers one. How much better can Joe Barry make this defense from Mike Patton? We don't we don't really have a good answer for that. The one that that just doesn't make sense to me is the draft. They have the Packers draft, their ability to draft, 30th. 30th. Two teams worse than them at drafting. This is the front office that for whatever faults that you want to lay at their feet for the Aaron Rodgers debacle, and there are plenty of them to lay there. We're talking just about drafting. And... We can talk about the fallout of the Jordan Love pick, but that's not what this is evaluating. We can talk about some of the the, the weirdness that was the 2020 draft outside of the Jordan Love pick and the approach that they took there. But when it comes to the players... Brian Gudekinst drafted Jair Alexander after trading for a future first-round pick that he turned into Darnell Savage. You're talking about a future all-pro in Jair Alexander and someone who has future all-pro potential in Darnell Savage. In that same draft, you get Elton Jenkins outside the first round, an undeniable first-round caliber player in retrospect. Someone who has become a Pro Bowl player who has all-pro potential. And Rashawn Gary has all-pro, pro-bowl potential. And I think we're going to see that this year. We're going to talk about Rashawn Gary and Zadaria Smith a little bit later in the show. Now, Rashawn Gary has not... Had the opportunities that some other guys with his sort of pedigree and talent have had, doesn't have the same sort of productivity. Although, in the second half of the season, the last month of the season, he was as productive and as highly graded by Pro Football Focus as any edge rusher in the league. It is just difficult to look at what they've done in the draft. Just just take that draft and say, that draft is better than anything 10 other front offices have put together over the last few years. I mean, just objectively. So, I don't understand that part of it. And that's before you get to, okay, they they found one of the best deep talents in the league, one of the best deep receivers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, in the fifth round. And they were able to pluck someone like Alan Lazard off the practice squad and turn him into a productive player and they were able to coalesce this offensive line yes you had David Bakhtiari you went out and signed Billy Turner but you draft Elton Jenkins yes you have Lucas Patrick but then you draft John Runyon Jr. who helped right the ship in the middle of the season when Corey Lindsley was hurt in a 13-3 and year those were important moves now Look, Josh Myers, Eric Stokes, Amari Rogers. We don't know what they look like. But the guys that we've seen, there are some misses, sure. Josh Jackson, Oren Burks. That first draft, not exactly a spotless resume. Jamon Moore was out of the league. But you take, you, you get a future first. Plus Jair Alexander, who last year, the best cornerback in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, and you get that you use that extra pick to turn him into a future All-Pro and Darnell Savage, someone who was already on the lists uh, of top ten guys. Got some votes in the in the other ESPN survey that was by league personnel, not not the the staff at ESPN. That is that is doing really good work. Now the draft with AJ Dillon and Josiah Deguara, and Jordan Love, and Camell Martin, it's a, it is a it is a little bit weird. The approach, the positional value, I didn't like it. I still don't like it. But A.J. Dillon is going to be a big factor for this team this year. Josiah Deguara, not someone that we have talked a lot about, but I think he is going to have a defined role in this offense. Camille Martin is going to get the opportunity to start at linebacker. So you have these guys that, that are going to need to play. John Runyon Jr. is going to compete to start. And they drafted guys this year who are going to compete to start. Eric Stokes is going to compete to start at corner. Josh Myers is going to be the starting center. And, and he's not the only guy. Stokes is not the only guy. Amari Rogers is going to, is going to have a, a featured role in this offense. Is he going to be receiver one? No. Devontae Adams. Is he going to be receiver two? Uh, probably not. Receiver three? No. But he will have a defined role in the offense and will be a positive contributor just because of what his skill set and, and what he can bring to bear in, in the, the context of what this offense can be. I just don't understand how you can look at what they've done in the draft over the last few years and just go, mm. I mean, the picture underneath the ranking is Elton Jenkins, who is going to be an all pro and he was drafted by his front office. So I just I don't get it. There are there are front offices who have not drafted anyone as good as J.R. Alexander. They have not drafted an offensive lineman 65% as good as Alton Jenkins. So it's just I, I don't understand that now. You want to have problems with it? They were given the the 23rd overall ranking by the front office. Look, uh, you want a front office that that is a little bit more aggressive. I get it outside of that first offseason. They haven't done a lot. Part of that is they did so much that first offseason, they weren't able to do much. And then wrap all the Aaron Rodgers stuff in here. And it becomes, I think, difficult to be objective about it because you go, OK, the, the draft moves that you made and didn't make pissed off your Hall of Fame quarterback to the point that, you know, he's he's on the precipice. That's pretty bad. But. Uh, but I think if you, if you had done this survey in March, I think Green Bay looks a little bit different. Now, that's not to say that all this context doesn't matter. It certainly does. And I do think we need to take it into consideration. But when we look at, okay, how is this team positioned moving forward? Their ability to evaluate talent has been excellent. And they have allocated their dollars effectively in free agency to get a Rick Wagner, to take a shot at Christian Christian Kirksey, and, and a shot at Devin Funches. We'll see what, what he can bring now. Those were smart allocations of resources. And their that first free agent class is a coup for Brian Gutekunst, A coup to get Adrian Amos, to get Billy Turner, and to get Preston Smith. If you just stopped it there. Those are the below-the-headline guys when you look at the, the grand scheme of things. And yet, that free agent class would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. Billy Turner has been stellar. Adrian Amos has been stellar. Preston Smith had a stellar first season and a bit of an up-and-down second season, to say the least. Came on a little bit stronger in the second half. But, you know, would not up to it early in the season, no question. Is back, looks motivated. They were able to work out the money. And guess what? It's a lot easier to work out the money when they're already under contract. And you set up the deal so that after two years, you could make a decision. Green Bay made a decision. And now they have a motivated player with a ton of talent coming back. And they got Zadarius Smith, who has become in Green Bay, one of the most dynamic and impactful defensive players in the league. We're going to talk more about Zedarius right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing, pun intended, and you can track it all at Bet Online. The NBA Finals, hopefully wrapping up tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks taking down the Phoenix Suns. We've still got golf with the FedEx Cup coming up here, and the NFL is right around the corner. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their run to the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts.
0: Hey, listen up, FanDuel fantasy players! Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: So I want to talk about Z'Darrius Smith a little bit more because Zach Cruz, friend of the podcast over at Packers Wire, had a stat that in the interior, as an interior rusher, Z'Darrius Smith had a win rate of 20%. So I went back and looked at ESPN's pass rush win rate numbers and among full-time, you know, primary interior Defenders. The only players who had better numbers were Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. Which means that Zadarius Smith, although he is listed as an outside linebacker, is one of the most disruptive interior defenders that we have. Now add in Kenny Clark. How do you get more opportunities for Rashawn Gary? You reduce Zadarius Smith more inside in obvious passing situations. You let him roam a little bit and make plays. Now, they're not going to be a heavy blitz team. It doesn't seem. That was not the Vic Fangio MO. That is not the Brendan Staley MO. And I I don't think it is what this team is going to want to do. So you're going to have to get creative with personnel. And you're going to have to be gap sound, but you also have to find ways to just win one-on-one matchups. This is going to be a team that rushes for a lot. So you have to put your best four on the field. And in this case, that probably means more opportunities than ever for Zedarius Smith to play inside. And that is good for Zadarius Smith because that is where he is best Brandon Thorne uh, from Trench Warfare, who has been on the show talking about uh, offensive line play. He's he's big on both sides of the line, hence trench warfare. And he's talked about Zadarius Smith and and how good he is at taking on guards and winning. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who, if you're if you're not an elite player, he's just gonna destroy you. He's just that technically sound, he's that strong, he's that physical. And He's going to win those matchups. And more often than not, those guys are on the interior. The more times he's facing guards, the better for your defense. But that also unlocks things for Kenny Clark. Because if you have to pay attention to what Zedaria Smith is doing, if your center has to come across and chip on that guard because he can't handle 5-5, that means you've got 9-7 on the other side, one-on-one with a guard. And especially if he's got a half-man advantage, if he's playing inside, outside, shade, whatever it is, he's quick enough, he's strong enough. Those guys are just difficult to handle. If he stays healthy, now you've got two guys who can, at their best, demand double teams. Okay, well, you don't have enough bodies to double them unless you're going to keep a tight end in. Because you've got to deal with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. I think we are going to see... More than ever, we are going to see those, uh, that NASCAR look. It's not a true NASCAR look, but it's Kenny Clark with three edge guys. With Z on the inside, Rashawn Gary on the edge, and Preston Smith on the edge. Now, early downs, you need someone in there to play the nose. If Kenny Clark is going to play more three, or he's going to play some of those tight fronts. you, You still want to see some more of that, but... I think you can do that with Zadarius Smith covering those B gaps because all he needs to do is account for that gap. And when you close that gap, it makes it a lot harder to run the ball inside. Whether or not you have size or not, if you win that gap, it becomes difficult offensively for you to find running lanes. You have to get to the edge. That's difficult when you've got Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, out there setting that edge so Z inside I think is, is going to be a little bit of a cheat code for this defense to work it also opens up opportunities that Rashawn Gary has earned he was the second best edge rusher and in fact in, in December and January you could make the case he was the best edge rusher on the team on a team was Darius Smith he was the best one And he was one of, if not the standout of the spring camps, which is just spring camp, no pads, all those caveats have to be applied here, but he has that ability and we haven't seen it fully yet. We haven't seen it materialize on the field in, in a consistent way, but he was a quality impactful player last year and if you get that for 16 games playing 65-70% of the snaps as opposed to 40% of the snaps that can materially improve your defense. And to get that kind of impact, it can just start with Zarius Smith. You know, forget Joe Barry. Just getting Zarius Smith inside more opens up those opportunities for Sean Gary. It helps Kenny Clark see more one-on-ones, helps Preston Smith see more one-on-ones and that makes your whole defense better today's episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need so why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the brand their warehouse happens to carry you have a computer You have a phone, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Don't get ripped off. Go to the family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at WISE.com podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Locked On Today. The Milwaukee Bucks are one win away from closing out the Phoenix Suns. Get more of the news that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And I would particularly appreciate it because guess what? I'm the host of that podcast. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, as I said, talking about the quarterback position starting our training camp series, digging into everything that's going on at every position group. Who are the guys fighting for jobs? What is really up for grabs and where as we get toward training camp, which is now a little over a week away. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to get ready for the season. And who knows if we're ever going to hear about Aaron Rodgers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.